India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Good morning everyone this is Rohit Srivastava here recording for the 22nd of April 2020 uh, and yes it is the morning markets have opened flat surprising everyone who was probably expecting another 2-3% down day at least so far we have the rest of the day still ahead of us but then consider that we already fell 3% more than the US indices yesterday so we did a lot of the selling yesterday but the real question is what should happen going forward from here now the context of the last two days is probably all surrounded by oil instead of what should have been the case which is the impact of the coronavirus on the global or indian economy and it's slowing down effect so if that's not the reason we are selling or if we are really panicking about oil should we really be doing that or not and shouldn't it have already had a bigger impact than it has had in the last two days and that's what will tell you a lot about uh, what is going on now, i don't know if you have been reading all my posts so i and because some of them go free to paid uh, from time to time because that's what we do to share different pieces of content so i put out the entire piece yesterday uh, some of you may have read it all three posts that were recently out on oil but this is what i've been seeing since the month of march that is uh, oil was in a third wave bounced back in a fourth to around 28 30 dollars i was thinking could have stretched in the fourth wave to maybe even 33 36 it didn't do that and then there was a fifth wave down which was then to typically retest the previous low or possibly go below it moment it goes below it you had targets open from 16 dollars all the way to 10 dollars depending on how far it can really reach out so that was the interpretation uh, that i also put in the long shot report the thing is uh, that when you started in the first week of april uh, the thought i had is what a lot of people are now writing about which i think and which is where the whole difference of opinion is so as i speak along you'll see where i'm going with this at the start of the month when we started to bounce back in our indices i thought that the sell off not just in oil uh, but also in other commodities like copper itself is a fourth wave so it had a fifth wave down pending i thought and all that would happen which would typically be a broad based deflationary sign with the rising dollar and would have driven a fifth wave down for nifty itself so nifty had not gone above 9000 which was at that time 38% of the previous last sell off leg and uh, that could have been one scenario the second scenario as it went along and markets kept on bouncing back i thought okay maybe we do have a low in place because some stocks were showing five waves complete and we may do an expanded flat allowing for some other stocks which have not formed their fifth waves to do so in b of an expanded flat where the nifty still makes a lower low uh, but it's wave b rather than the fifth so that was the alternate scenario i started to consider in the first week uh, of or second week of april Uh, but then again when markets pulled back uh, in the second week they did not go much below the 50% retracement mark of the rise to 9000 and it looked like you're going to get a regular flat or a regular zigzag uh, which then takes prices higher from there itself which is somewhat we saw but we didn't really achieve all the end uh, goals and we are still within the overall 38% retracement of the fall from the jan top so which is at around 9400 and so that is once again raised doubts as to whether there is a fifth wave pending or a fourth wave pending i saw some people on twitter even do that with the us indices where they mark the dow as a fourth my only contention with that is that if you look at the nasdaq the nasdaq itself uh, if you mark it in the same way as actually
already overlapped between one and four so you cannot mark it uh, as a fourth wave for the nasdaq you can try and do that for the dow and then it's been a 61 percent retracement which is steep uh, for a fourth wave which typically does 38 percent of course it's not that you can't do it's not a rule so you can do that but then between the indices also there's a deviation so i wonder if that's the case uh, and so uh, possibly the bottom at least for us indices was in place you've done a deep 61 percent retracement then are you ready for the next sell-off now if that is the case it should have been and that's what i would have expected at the start of the month that yes if oil the deflationary sign oil falling dollar rising copper should fall and that would have all played out uh, as it is from that point of time but what ended up happening is oil has fallen not at that point of time but it's happening now after this bounce back which is pretty steep and it is not yet taken any of the indices back to new lows nor the neither the us indices nor the indian indices have gone back to a new low and if oil was the reason for panic uh, and if that's the trouble spot uh, that has or let's say it's the first casualty of uh, whatever is going on then it should have had that kind of an impact because when oil fell from 40 to 30 dollars in a single day at that time definitely all markets panicked and the reason was the high yield credit uh, bonds actually sold off which is uh, you can either look at JNK which is the junk bond index or you can look at HYG or you can simply look at spreads between the high rated bonds and the low rated bonds and those spreads were widening because the lower rated bonds and the junk bonds were falling causing interest rates to spike. Now, what you should know is that a large part of the junk bond market, maybe almost 50% as per some estimates, is shale oil, which is the big US oil producer that has been flooding the market. And that is why the junk bond market was really reacting that way. One of the prime reasons, of course, there is there are other debts and if the economy is slowing down, everybody gets into some kind of trouble. But at least that was one spot. And that spot was addressed by the most recent Fed meet where they ended up announcing that they are going to be buying junk bonds as well. And that's the reason why $13 oil today morning and you still don't see most indices at new lows. You see panic and you see fear that markets can still go back to the lows, but they haven't still done that, which is what you would have seen if the Fed was not backstopping uh, the oil bond market. So that's one thing to consider. The other is, okay, great, you have a lockdown. So why hasn't copper really crashed and why, is gold, why are gold prices up there? Now you should know that gold prices sometime back had a premium and the reason is the lockdowns across the world uh, has meant that many of the manufacturing facilities, including gold, have actually been closed, which means that you are not supplying as much to the market uh, as you would have under normal conditions. So there's an indirect shortage. So first you had the demand problem, which is the economy had already slowed down into Jan of this year before the coronavirus became a global issue or was declared a pandemic. And that means demand was already down. You had a lot of supply because of the capacities that had been built. Now, because of the lockdowns, you've done away with capacity. So sort of you've balanced the affair. And so there's no real reason prices fall except for expectations that post opening up, demand is still going to be short and supply is going to be in excess. So that's the real uh, real issue, which is more longer term rather than short term. In the short term, if everything is cut back, there's no reason why uh, you should be flooding the market uh, with new supplies if you're not really producing anything. However, that did not end up being true for oil. And that's where the problem is. I'm not sure why it wasn't true. It should have been maybe the oil was treated as an essential commodity and therefore they kept on producing it. Or you can build on the conspiracy theory that oil producers wanted to crash the market and create a crisis so that they can take alternative measures or get the Fed to intervene and buy those bonds and save the day. 
we can look at it in both ways but the end problem was that we ended up producing too much oil so much that by the end of may again as per some estimates you might end up filling all the facilities that are there for storage which means suddenly you'll have no place to store oil can you go on producing without then locking down some facilities the broad answer might actually be no so irrespective you asked opec to cut i think a lot of producers maybe even the us and so they may use this this crisis us should use this crisis probably to announce that yes we'll probably ask our shale producers to cut back and not produce as much as they've been doing earlier because really speaking we don't know where to keep this oil and because you will not have enough storage is one reason why oil cuts are going to happen anyway uh, the other thing which could have happened if the fed had not intervened is these uh, shale oil companies would have declared bankruptcy and they wouldn't many of them would not have been able to survive in the current uh, at the current prices because their production costs are far far higher than the opec or russia so instead of that scenario happening we've backstopped that for the time being and we've ended up with uh, oil excess supply situation which ended up reflecting in the futures market which like our own commodities markets has now become delivery waste which means that the may futures which were to be marked as delivery uh, this week ended up trading at a discount because probably a lot of the regular short guys uh, who are traders so if you've ever seen the commitment of traders report it segregates data into managed money commercials and so you mark a lot of the managed money as speculative uh, activity because uh, they are mostly traders who are taking long and short bets and on the other side you have commercials who are essentially producers of commodities and if you actually look at the oil market position it was several months back at an all time high in terms of not all time but a significant higher level than where we are today in terms of the shorts by commercials which are the producers and longs by traders so traders were long and they've been cutting their longs and the commercials have been cutting their shorts as prices fell but probably a lot of the other traders who were short were out of the market which means that the short side was pretty much captured by commercials who have delivery and they probably decided to well let's not square up our positions and let's offer delivery because anyway we don't know where to keep this oil and the guys who were long ended up uh, being stuck and on the last day didn't want to take delivery and did not find any buyers there were no bids and they were forced to sell all the way down surprisingly into negative territory now i don't understand how prices on an exchange go into negative unless the programmers did not really think about the situation i mean i'm sure you cannot put in a negative quote on the nse there must be a restriction the software would say oh negative quotes not allowed uh, but it appears that was not true for the commodity futures market and it went into negative so probably it's a software glitch more than anything else uh, some people are saying there will be arbitration and there's a case there'll be a case going on on this uh, people are going to try and recover their loss and so on and so forth uh, the end story is not known but right now uh, the key issue to be addressed is really the supply so it's really uh, surprising that uh, they've not really locked down oil when they've locked down everything else in terms of reducing the supply which would have been a natural effect simply because it was considered maybe an essential commodity so that's what has caused the panic but because you have the fed backstopping it because you have trillions of dollars of new stimulus uh, announced equity prices have not yet fallen to a new low and even though some people yesterday are speculating that's what should have happened or will happen i am saying if it had to happen it should have already happened because at the start of the month that was my best case that if you're going to get another sell off in commodity prices and oil it's a deflationary sign you'd have a rising dollar and that would cause everything to fall off right now you don't have a rising dollar the dollar has stalled because of the trillions of dollars of fed intervention uh, copper prices have probably not fallen gold has not fallen that much because you are not supplying that much to the market 
Oil is the only case where uh, oversupply has occurred because producers did not stop producing. And uh, that panic would have been bigger if it was directly impacting the junk bond or high yield markets, uh, which it is not doing as of this moment. And which is why I think uh, we are over expecting the negative side. Of course, if prices break a certain level, you have to, you know, accept that, OK, something else is happening. But as of now, the higher top, higher bottom formation, even in the nifty has not been completely destroyed. Uh, and we continue to make that uh, from the bottom of 77511 we've rallied we've pulled back to a higher high again rallied to a higher high pulled back to a higher low and so we made a higher high higher low formation which is typical dow theory trend and unless that changes uh, i am i don't see reason to really change my expectation that uh, market should still be headed higher so i think that's the end conclusion uh, all the rest appears like chaos uh, I think the weakest segment, which I thought last week also and it didn't happen, the weakest segment has been the financials and somewhere they have not bounced back even though autos and all have done which which were also weak uh, in terms of demand and growth and so on. But they've managed to do a bounce. So why haven't financials managed it despite so much of RBI intervention in the financial market and announcements? Uh, sentimental at least towards giving money to NBFCs some people feel will not pass through. Uh, but that should have provided some near term sentimental support. The other deviation happening simultaneously is in the currency market, the USD INR, which was weakening in March, uh, at least somewhat meaningfully, has really slowed down. I think it spent the entire one month now trying to push up by barely a rupee from 75 to 76 uh, to 77. So it just moves up 10, 20, 30 pesa, then falls back 10, 20 pesa and so on and has been losing momentum. So you have multiple negative divergences. You have open interest declining for most of the month, which had started at almost 48 lakh contracts and is down to now 28 lakh contracts. Somebody mentioned to me on Twitter, well, if you add up next month's lots, then it's much bigger. But in a week, we'll be hitting expiration. So next month's lots are at around 18 lakh contracts and we'll see whether the rollover is at the same level. And even at, uh, at the end of it, uh, post rollover, if the position is smaller, basically what you have is longs getting unwound slowly uh, at the top end of the range and a loss of momentum, uh, which leaves, leaves open some room for a pullback in the currency, which is USDINR. And that's typically this period is associated. So this is also an intermarket divergence. Uh, and in my mind, as long as uh, it shows negative momentum for USDNR, even though it's not falling, it's actually a bullish divergence uh, uh, with the market. So it's a bullish uh, equity currency divergence, which is not fully played out. And after it does, and then if you get a sell signal, then I'll definitely give it more attention. But at this point of time, the currency market is still indicating late stages of a declining trend, which is still showing in some weak stocks rather than the start of a major move up in the USDNR, which would have been pretty negative for stocks. That's my current take unless something changes on the charts. And so that too, like oil is diverging from uh, equities and not really adding up in terms of creating new risk that people are trying to anticipate. So that's where I am on markets, uh, still watching whether the higher top, higher bottom formation holds. And if it does, then most probably, if not today, then from tomorrow, uh, we should see a further extension to higher retracement levels. Uh, and uh, the current uh, fear of the last two days should just end up being one more knee-jerk reaction from what has been a relatively oversold condition. And probably you should see banking and financials, the weakest segment, start to participate on the upside if this has to happen. And oil being in the fifth wave down should be due for a reversal, whether it happens because of the oversold condition itself or the end of the fifth wave or some kind of announcement in terms of 
supply cuts that is some kind of cuts happening in the oil market or some kind of announcement related to the oil market which will cause at least a bounce back i'm not saying this is a long term bottom but a five wave decline means that the recent decline which started from the month of feb would end and you would see a reversal or a retracement of that entire fall and uh, that would provide relief to the markets so that's all in this update from me today this morning and i'll see you again probably later this week thank you Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.